Parsha Saf, Lessons in Humility. In the beginning of this week's Sedra, we come across a mitzvah that at first glance appears to be quite surprising. Veherim et Hadeshen, the Kohen Hashem, the one who's been chosen to do the most sacred work. He's busy all day with the service of Hashem in the house of Hashem. He is the one who is commanded to remove the residual ash from the Korbonus. Now, that the leftover ashes have to be removed, we can understand that. If the ashes would accumulate every day, it would become unimaginable after some time. And so, of course, the ashes had to be taken away. But why did it have to be done by the Kohen himself? After all, such a menial task could have been done by a servant. That's how it should have been. Uba ha'eved v'hotzi et and one of the servants was called to remove the ashes. And so, we must spend a little bit of time discussing the subject of Kenia. It's a little bit of a diversion, but it's important for our subject. There's a very valuable sefer that was written over 800 years ago in Spain by Rabbeinu Bachia ben Yosef. It was written in Arabic, and later it was translated into Hebrew as the Chayvah Salavavas. In English, its name is Duties of the Heart. It means the duties of the mind. In Lushan Kodesh, the word lave means the mind. And Kishmo Kenu, it's called the duties of the mind because it teaches us the duties of a Jew, what he has to think in order to fulfill the obligations of his mind towards Hashem. So you learn something very important now. Even if you went home right now, it was worth the trip. Because you learned about a new Shulchan Aruch that you didn't know about before. There's one Shulchan Aruch that you're familiar with already. It tells you all the duties that you have to do with your hands, sometimes with your feet. It tells you about the things that you have to say with your mouth, the things that you can eat and can't eat, the way to do kosher business, and the way to do mitzvahs. Every good Jew has that safer in his home. If you don't follow the Shulchan Aruch, you're not a real Jew. But now you know that it's not everything, because there are duties that have to do with your mind. And they are also very important duties. And that's what this great book, the Chayvah Salavavas, discusses. It's your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in your own mind. Now, if you open up the Chayvah Salavavas, you'll see that he has there a big section called Shad HaKaniyah, the gate of humility. And to us, that seems to be out of place in this book. Because kinia means humility. And we know what humility means. Towards other people, you're humble. You act decently towards them. You treat other people as equals. You honor them. You're careful with their feelings. You don't trample on them. You're not conceited. You're not arrogant towards them. That's what humility means. And the truth is, when you look in other sephardim that deal with the subject you'll see that they talk about being humble, bain adam lechavedo, between men and men. A man should be humble towards his wife. A wife should be humble towards her husband. Neighbors should be humble to each other. That's what humility means in all of the Sephardim. So how does humility fit in, in the Chayvah Salavavas, which is a safer that deals with your relationship with Hashem? It's a safer that specializes in our duties towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Where does the gate of humility come into such a book? And so we see that the Chayvah Salavavas has an entirely different intention when he talks about humility. 
when he speaks about kinia, humility, it's not in the sense of a man who is humble to other people. After all, even a Russia gummer can be humble when dealing with others. Let's say the vice president of a bank. He has to hear complaints from the customers all the time. People call him up on the phone and complain. People come into his office. What's this with my balance? Sometimes the most foolish complaints. But if the vice president will say what he's actually thinking, he'll lose business. And so he learns how to be humble. It doesn't mean he gives everybody what they want. But he's polite to everybody. Of course, as soon as you leave his office, he'll have some choice words for you. But he trained himself to be humble because that's his success. Now, it could very well be that this humble vice president doesn't even believe in Hashem. He believes in customers, in money. But where does Hashem come into? It could be not at all. And so we see a man can be a Rasha and still be an Anav. And that's why the Chayvah Salavavas doesn't speak about such humility. Bein Adam lechaveiro, that kind of Anava is not the focus of the Chayvah Salavavas. Instead, the Shar Hakniya is about becoming an Anav towards Hashem. So you'll say, well, that's easy. Who isn't humble to Hashem? To a customer, that takes work to humble myself. But to Hashem, what's the question? Unless, chas v'shalom, he's an atheist. But a man who believes in the Creator certainly is humble before Hashem. Who is there in the world who would be arrogant towards Hashem? And the answer is, everybody. That's the true answer. The true answer is that every human being is arrogant towards Hashem. And even though with his lips he may say words of pious hypocrisy, I bow down to you, Hashem. I am nothing before you, Hashem. But in his heart, he is bowing down only to himself. That's what's amok, amok, deep inside of him, that this world is too crowded for both of us. That's what the Gemara says. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say about him? This man and I cannot live together in one world. Sota. The universe is too small for both of us because he wants to crowd me out of the world. If he could, Hashem says, he would swell himself up like a big balloon and fill up the whole space, the whole universe. It's human nature. I'm what matters and nothing else. Yeshaya, every man, even if you're a tzaddik and you daven and do mitzvahs, you're serving Hashem all day long, no matter. As far as you're concerned, you're still the most important person there is. And even Hashem is imposing on you. He's crowding you. And that's why a man must work on himself to be humble to Hashem. Even the Kohen, the one who's working in the base Hamikdash all day long, he's commanded to change into other clothing. He takes off his big day kahuna and puts on his work clothes and he takes the dirty ashes out. That's what the Chayvah tells us about this mitzvah. This mitzvah is given to the Kohen because Hashem wants the perfection of a person, not only the Avoidah, the Korbanas and the Zrikas Hadam and everything. Very good, excellent, but it's nothing if it's not done with humility with the awareness of whom you're serving. And so the Kohen was obligated by Hashem every day in this menial task 
to carry out the ashes in order to humble himself and to remove the pride from his heart. Because as great as a person is, even if you were the Kohen serving Hashem in the Beis Amikdash, it's humility to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is the greatest of all achievements. That's the true crown of an Eved Hashem. One of the great Kohanim in our recent history was always practicing that. The Chavetz Chaim, he was already an old man, a tremendous servant of Hashem. He's famous for that. And they were carrying him. They were helping him from one place to another. And they heard him whispering under his breath. He said, Shlep der Nevela. Shlep der Nevela. Pull the dead carcass, he said. He was reminding himself that he's nothing special. Every little grain of Achna'ah to Hashem is so valuable. It's such a perfection of character that it's never enough. As much as you can, you're reminding yourself that whatever you've accomplished, as great as you may be, and you are, but before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're humbled. That's why David HaMelech spoke to himself all the time. I am a worm and not a man. Tehillim. It didn't matter if he was a little boy in the fields shepherding his father's sheep or the king of a nation sitting on his throne. He was always reminding himself, I'm a little worm. Now to imagine that you're a worm is difficult even for a nobody. Look at yourself as you're strolling in the street. You have a wristwatch. You have a fountain pen in your pocket. You're wearing eyeglasses. You have a purse with money, maybe a checkbook in your pocket. You're equipped with everything. Can you picture yourself like a worm, a caterpillar, wending its way slowly across the sidewalk on which it fell? David Amelech put effort into that, and he succeeded. Now we could say it. It's easy to say words. Worm and nevela. It sounds so frum. But a person can say such things. And in his heart, he's still so proud of himself, so arrogant that he's saying such things. It needs a lot of work for us to really mean it. Because we're intoxicated. We are inebriated. We're drunk with arrogance, with self-importance. But great men and those who want to be great work on themselves. They learn the lesson of the Trumas Adeshen and look for ways to make themselves more and more humble because they understand that this is the great error, to forget that you're nothing before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, one of our big obligations in this world, one of the important duties of the mind is to humble ourselves before the one who created us. Now, there's no question that whatever humility a person can gain is worthwhile. Even to be humble for one moment and be arrogant the rest of your life is also not a waste. That one moment you have lived, it's a success. But we're talking now about moments. We're talking now about gaining the quality of another. Ah, to become someone who is nichna to Hashem. It's one of the highest achievements that the world can offer to mankind. And so, let's listen to the words of our sages on this subject very carefully because they are the ones who can best guide us on the path to achieving that great quality. It's a statement in Shira Shirim Rabba. Masha asta chokma, atara alirosha, asta anova, ekev, lusulyoto. 
What wisdom made as a crown for its head? Humility has made a heel for its shoe. In other words, when a person achieves the pinnacle, the crown of wisdom, that's where the quality of humility begins. Now I want you to pay attention to what it's saying here, because it's not merely a technicality. It's telling us the secret to achieving a feeling of achnah to Hashem. And it tells us that it's a process. First, you have to achieve the crown of wisdom. And only then can you begin being a true anav. So the first thing we have to know is what is this crown of wisdom? What is the highest wisdom? And the answer is awareness of Hashem. Reish is What is the highest degree of wisdom? Yiras Hashem. Awareness of Hashem. Tehillim. Constant thinking about Hashem. That's Yiras Hashem. And that constant awareness is the crown of all wisdom. Now it doesn't mean there's no other wisdom in the world. But this is the highest. Whatever other wisdoms you might acquire in this world, the wisdom of awareness of Hashem is higher than that. To recognize his greatness is an achievement of tremendous proportions. It's a crown that you can be proud of. Now, along comes our sages and they tell us something astonishing. That great achievement, that crown of wisdom called Yiras Hashem, is only the beginning of something much greater. Awareness of Hashem is the heel of humility. Now, Yiras Hashem is a very big subject on its own. If it's the crown of wisdom, then it must be. But we're learning now that it's like climbing up a tall mountain. It takes work. But finally, you are there. You reached the summit. And now you see there's another mountain on top of this mountain. The top of the mountain is the bottom of another mountain. The mountain of perfection of Kenya. And so another effort begins. Now that you are aware of Hashem's greatness, now you're ready to be nichna to Him. Once we begin to realize the greatness of Hashem, then we begin to realize how little we are in comparison. That's what we say. Romemu Hashem elokeinu. Raise up Hashem in our minds. That's one thing. Vishtachavu. Make yourself low. Shacha means to bow down. It's not two different things. It's one thing. The more you raise up Hashem in your mind, the more humbled you feel. And that's why it's paramount. It is of the greatest importance to get busy thinking about the greatness of Hashem. Otherwise, it's just words. A man has to understand that compared to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he is nothing. And that means thinking about him, talking about him, becoming more and more aware of his presence. And so we have to study the greatness of Hashem. We have to study and study. You have to talk about it with your children. And what you learn from your father, you have to add to it and continue to talk about it always. To become aware of the greatness of Hashem, that is our job in life. Now don't say that's superfluous. Don't say we know all about it. You don't know it. You don't even begin to know it. I'll tell you why you don't begin to know it. Because you never put your mind to it. You never spent five minutes thinking about it. You have to study it. You have to study everything. Don't think you just have to study Toyota alone. 
You have to study everything around you in order to be aware of Hashem. It's remarkable how if a person opens his eyes and looks at nature on all sides, he sees plan and purpose. On all sides, he can see the greatness of the Creator. And the more of his greatness you see, the more humbled you become. Now a man from here once told me, he went to the Grand Canyon. He didn't ask me beforehand if he should go. He went. And when he returned, he told me of his reaction. He said as he stood on the brink, he was gasping at the majesty of the scene. He was amazed. It made a tremendous impression on him. Such a big crack in the surface of the earth. But the truth is, even that is nothing. It's only a crack. Now, if you'd go up to the moon and look down, you would see that it's only a crack. You wouldn't see any canyon. It's only a crack in one little planet among trillions. To Akadosh Baruch Hu, it's nothing at all. But the reason you have the Grand Canyon is because it's grand to us. That's the purpose of all of these creations. It makes you think of the greatness of the one who made them. That's what the Grand Canyon is for. That's what big mountains are for. And the big oceans and rivers. Imagine that you are DeSoto with his followers. And you suddenly come upon the father of waters. The Mississippi. A tremendous river, the Mississippi. You climb up onto the bank and the river isn't obscured by anything. Your mind soars to the heights of inspiration. Such a tremendous river. A tremendous river like that must have a tremendous creator. Now, I'm not saying you should go to the Grand Canyon or to the Mississippi River. It takes a lot of time to travel there. It's too much. But it would be worth it if you could do it. If you could just walk around the corner and take a good look at it. Even Niagara Falls is too much. When people ask me about a base Yaakov High School that takes their students on a trip to Niagara Falls, I don't like it. You have to travel so far and spend so much money to see Niagara Falls. The truth is, it's only the Yetzir Hara that makes everyone dissatisfied with what they have right now in front of them. People who are really happy with what they have are almost impossible to find. They may say, we're happy, but they're not. And therefore, they're always seeking something else. And so they travel to Niagara Falls. You might say differently, but I'm telling you, that's the reason why people travel to Niagara Falls. It's the Eitzhara that is making you dissatisfied. Of course, if you have a school, so you yield a little bit to the Eitzhara in order that more girls should come to your school. You have an outing every year to get new Talmudists. New students. But really, it's nothing. You won't find happiness there. You know when it's something, if you study it, in order to become humbled before Hashem. I don't mean to just say, ooh and ah. We're talking about filling our minds with awareness of His infinite greatness, His infinite perfection and power. It makes you gasp. It gives you a little respect for Kadosh Baruch Hu, because people think they're it. You don't realize how nothing you are. And in order to counteract your gaiva, you have to see the gedula Hashem. And that's why he made the vastness of space. It's such an important understanding that it has to go with you wherever you go. You don't have to travel to Niagara Falls or to the Mississippi River. Because wherever you are, you always have the vastness of space. 
You know the scientists say that there's no end to space? It's not true. Everything in Gashmias has an end, but it's almost endless. If you look through a telescope, you see no end. When you look up and you see billions of miles, billions of light years, you can't calculate. The logarithm would come to an end because the space is so vast, so endless. You know, if you started out in a space shuttle before you were bar mitzvahed and you wanted to go to that star over there, before you get there, to the star, you'll have a long white beard. You'll be an old, old man. That's how long it will take. And you're not even halfway there yet. Some of the places are so far away that your great-great-great-grandchild will not reach it yet, even though your shuttle is traveling at the speed of light. You hear that? That's how far away it is. It's as far as you can imagine. Yeshaya Hanavi says, Lift up your eyes on high. And see who made these. You hear that mitzvah from the Navi Yeshaya? Pick up your head and look up to the sky and become aware of the creator. From the greatness of space, you get somewhat of an idea of the greatness of the one who made it. It helps you understand a little bit because really the whole universe, you know what it is. I'll give you a little muscle. And it's not true either. It's too little, but I'll say it anyhow. The whole universe, the trillions and trillions of miles, is one blood corpuscle in the veins. Kaviachol of Akadosh Baruch The whole universe, from one end to the other. If there is an end, it could be one little corpuscle in the body, Kaviachol of Akadosh Baruch Of course, he doesn't have a body, but it's a muscle. The almost never-ending greatness of space is nothing compared to the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Yeshaya is telling us that it was made that way to help you understand the greatness of the one who created it all. Do you hear that? Those billions and trillions of miles into nowhere, those trillions of stars were created for you, to humble you. And therefore, the thinking person looks up into the sky all the time, and he's nichna. You never did that. Try it out once. When nobody's looking, raise up your eyes and say, Look how far that is. It's so vast. And that's just a little handiwork. The plaything of a Baruch Hu. And therefore, who am I before him? I'm a little nobody. Now, as I say these words, I realize that there are people who listen to such things with reservations. If you go outside, you'll find those who poo-poo such things. And I don't blame people, because nobody is willy-nilly going to allow himself to be persuaded to spend his life recognizing Hashem. He should be looking up at the sky all the time and making himself small. He has his own business to achieve. He is willing to give a little bit of miser, or a little bit less than miser, in recognizing Hashem. Something, yes. But he wants to live his normal life. But we are learning now that this is the most normal life you can live, to be aware of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the extent where you're actually nichna to him. You feel an actual tangible feeling of I'm standing before him and therefore I am nothing. 
That's the best way to live. Because there's nothing more true than that. Now, although it's very important to spend a little time every day on this subject of Kenya to HaKadosh Baruch as much as possible to try and spend a few minutes a day meditating on his greatness and utilizing that awareness as a stimulus to Kenya. But since it's a matter of intelligence and thinking, it's not so easy to attain. Therefore, any kind of stimulant that will actually help you become an anav should be utilized. To be nichna to Hashem is such a valuable achievement that we should grab onto any opportunity that presents itself. And that's why in the fourth pedic of Shad Hakaniya, the Mechaber tells us there are seven ways in which a person has to behave as a result of Kaniya. Now, I say as a result of, but really it's more important than that. Because the more you practice these things, the more you will become humble. That's an important rule. Ha'adam nifal lefi pu'ulatov. A person will be affected according to his actions. And therefore, whether you're a man who is truly humble, or even if you're not so genuine, but you want to be, you can make use of the following practices. And by practicing up with these behaviors as much as possible, they become exercises in humility. You build up your kinea muscles. Now we won't have time for all seven. And even the ones we discuss need a lot more explanation. But we'll talk about some of the ways that a person can utilize opportunities in daily life in order to activate this mida of kinea. It's a good beginning. Number one is bimasao umatano im onshedoro. The way he deals with and behaves with other people. Ubiminhog hatov im mino. And how proper is his behavior towards other human beings? It means that a person who doesn't treat other people right, it's a sign that he's not nichna to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Yes, to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Chayvah Salavavas quotes the Pasuk in Tehillim. Nimas. He considers himself unimportant in his own eyes. It doesn't mean he is unimportant, but in his own eyes, when he knows he's standing in front of the vast greatness of Hashem, he automatically feels humbled. And therefore, when he deals with people, no matter who, he acts like he's an unimportant person. And therefore, if he's an anav, or if he's trying to activate and exercise his kinea muscles, he won't get angry at people. He won't give orders to people. He won't look down at people. He won't be stubborn and insist on having his own way. He's unimportant after all. He's standing in the presence of Hashem. All good midas, then Adam the Chavedo, follow as a result of that. And so he speaks gently to all people. He's kind. He is mevater. He becomes a person of good character towards his fellow man. Now that, however, needs a great deal of explanation. And it's worth the explanation how a true anav should behave towards other people, towards his wife, his neighbors, towards his employees, towards his employer, in general to people. He's nichna to everyone because he's nichna to Hashem. As much as we can, we practice upon being nichna before HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our dealings with other people. The second of the forms of behavior which distinguish someone who is humble before Hashem is keshiyifga chachamim bedaat elokim v'torato. 
When he encounters Chachamim, who know the Torah and the ways of the Torah, when he has the opportunity to come in contact with those who are close to Hashem, he behaves towards them with humility, and he opens up his ears to their instruction. Like it says in Mishlei, Sachu ra'im lifnei toivim. The less good ones should lower before the better ones. Before people of higher caliber, in knowing Hashem and His ways, he makes himself humble. When he meets people who are superior, he acknowledges it. Whether they're bigger lamdonim or more pious than him, he's humbled before them and he welcomes guidance from them because he knows that they know what they're talking about. Let's say, if a tzaddik calls you up and says, Rab Chaim, I want to talk to you about your behavior. So you don't say, my behavior? What's the matter? No, no. If your Rebbe is calling you, you have to listen. You lower yourself before him. Yes, Rebbe, please tell me, what is it? He says, I hear that you're not polite to your wife. Your wife complains. You go into the kitchen and you stick your nose into the pots and the cabinets and you criticize and you belittle her all the time. What business do you have in the kitchen? Does she go to your store, to the office, and tell you what to do? So you listen and you say, Yes, Rebbe, I'm Mikabel, even if you don't understand. That's how you should be. Even though you may not understand what he's saying, you are humble towards him. So if you react favorably, properly to good people, to tzaddikim and talmidei chachamim, and you accept what they say, you listen, then that's a sign that you're an anav. That's a sign that you're nichna to Hashem, because they're not telling you their own opinion. They're telling you, Das Toida, they're telling you the Ratzon Hashem. A third sign of an Anav is that when someone will praise this man with his good qualities, Chayav Liyikaneya, it's his duty to become humbled as a result. When people praise him for his good midas, when they say, What a good character you have, or we hear good things about you, that itself should be a stimulus towards even more Hakna. How is that? Here's a man, and they're praising him. Let's say they make him the guest of honor, and they're praising him. What does he do? He knows in his mind all the things that he once did, things that he still does. And he's reviewing them in his mind at that moment. And he's thinking, how can I rejoice just because people are making a mistake in me? I'm sorry. I'm in mourning because HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the truth. He knows how wrong my deeds are. He knows how I have neglected to pay my obligations to Hashem. It's important for people, when they're being praised, not to be ruined by the praise, because it can lead them astray. It can twist their minds and make them think, look, people are saying it, so it's a sign that it must be true. No, it's not a sign at all. It's an opportunity, and therefore, when such a time comes, he should utilize that opportunity to think just the opposite, what he really knows about himself. And therefore, when he's being praised on the street, even the littlest praise, right away he's thinking to himself about his faults that people don't know about. In his heart, he makes himself humbled, and he thinks, do they know what bad things I did that HaKadosh Baruch who helped me to conceal from them? He has pity on me. And he covered them up so that people shouldn't know to give me a chance that I should repent. 
And he shouldn't be happy that people have an error in him and think that he's a good man. Instead, he should be sad because Hashem does know. And therefore, the more people that praise him, the more he becomes nichna and humbled. He's being praised, but he's thinking about how his deeds are wrong and how he neglects to pay his obligations to Hashem for the benefits that he does to him. That's the third sign of somebody who is nichna to Hashem. Isn't that beautiful? And the fourth, I wish we had more time together to speak about these exercises at greater length. The fourth exercise of the Chayvus HaLavavas is Kishemisapim Bignuto. When people speak about your faults, Yikaneya Leboide. You should take that opportunity to humble yourself to the Boide. He should be humbled to Akalish Baruchu. Viyoidelo al kol asher gilalo me'at meharbe. And he should thank him that at least a little bit was now revealed to him. A little bit of the much more that should have been revealed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was kind to him and revealed a little something. In order to chastise him and criticize him. In order that he should turn back to Hashem. That's the way an Eved Hashem reacts to criticism. He should be nichna and say... This was sent to me in order that I should do teshuva and become better and better. When somebody speaks against him, somebody criticizes him, people say something against him, they talk lush and hara about him. He should be humble to the boy and he should thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he revealed to these people only a little bit of the truth about him. And so if somebody says, you're a rotten fellow, revel in that opportunity. It doesn't mean you have to admit it. You have the right to protect yourself. But you should understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending you a message. Get better. Do teshuva. Maybe it's true. Everyone has some rot in them after all. If you remind yourself that you're standing in front of Hashem, so you'll thank Him for that. It's a gift to me in Hashem. At least somebody is telling you the truth. Nobody wants to tell you the truth about yourself. Nobody cares about you enough. You can't find anybody. And here is one person who is willing to tell you the truth. And therefore, if it does happen that you have the good luck that somebody criticizes you, your wife is probably generous enough to give you some criticism from time to time. You should listen carefully. If your wife tells you you're no good, by the way, you should never say it to your husband. Because the more you tell him he's no good, the worse he becomes. You should always tell your husband how nice he is. But suppose a wife made a mistake and she told you the truth. You're no good. She tells you something wrong about yourself. So don't just be angry and answer back. Listen to her. It could be true. You have to say to yourself, Baruch Hashem, she doesn't know how no good I really am. Now there are a few more there in the Chayvus of You can take a look on your own. It's Pedic Dalid in Shada Kenia. But we're out of time, and so we'll have to stop here for tonight. Anyhow, there's enough here for us to make use of, to practice up as we make our way through this world. These opportunities are available all the time, only that we have to put our heads towards noticing them and making use of them. And by means of practicing up these methods, whenever the opportunity comes your way, 
And at the same time, you're climbing the mountain of Yiras Hashem. You're becoming more and more aware of the greatness of the Boide by looking at the remarkable plan and purpose in nature. You look up at the sky all the time and you're convinced more and more of his greatness. So little by little, you're going to ascend this mountain of awareness of Hashem and begin to climb the mountain of humility as well. And you'll spend your life climbing to perfection because the closer you get, the more aware you are of Hashem and the more you are humbled before Him and the more you are nichna before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is the perfection of man in this world. Now I'm just beginning my subject. I'm sorry I didn't even begin. I'm on the first few lines of the subject. But it's a subject that's very important. Every day, every day, try to improve yourself a little bit more. And that's going to be the way that will lead you to the final success. The Shlemus for which you were created. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Gaining true humility. The Torah teaches us that we can never be too humble in the presence of Hashem. Even the priest must lower himself and perform menial tasks in the house of Hashem. True humility comes from recognizing the greatness of Hashem and our lowliness. This week, I will Neder, spend 20 seconds a day contemplating the greatness of creation and its creator as a way of attaining Yiras Hashem and another.